Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. Good morning. Good morning. I was thoroughly blessed uh, this morning by the worship team or the praise team leading us in songs. Thank you very much. I think, um, I think our beloved sister Becky, um, she, she's used to me now. It's taken a long time, but instead of me sort of like allowing me to come up and draw her for another song, you see, you notice how the, the team just sat down quickly. Sat down quickly, sort of like, don't look at me, don't look at me. <laughs> Bless. I'm not going to draw you back. I wish I could. Um, I was blessed. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock, amen? amen? Hosanna, it means what? Save now. Save now. Save now. And... Um, you know, when we come to the Lord, we initially get saved. Then we go through that process of sanctification. We are being saved. And then we come to that place one day in the future when the Lord comes back for his church that we would have that full salvation. Amen. So to sing that song today just really resonated with me. I don't know if it resonated with anyone else, but. Save now, Lord, save now. Um, today, um, you know, we've been going through this um, short series on missions, and it's sort of like down to me to kind of like bring it, not to an end, but to kind of like tie it up a little bit. And um, that has been an interesting task during the week, you know, sitting at the feet of the Lord trying to say, well, Lord, what, how do I do that? Um, and so, you know, the Lord has really just been speaking to me and just saying that, you know, missions, going out, doing the work of the Lord and everything, where does it start? It starts point A. It starts with us. It starts with us being in that place where we can really receive from the Lord and that we can take what he's given us and we can use it. Amen? Amen. And so... Um, not necessarily going to try and go in, or as one beloved sister says, going inside. You're going inside. I love it. Um, you may not know that joke, but, um, but yeah, maybe you can get the idea. Um, yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you. And I thank you, Lord, for Lord this, this opportunity to stand um, before your children, to have the privilege of sharing your word. And thanking you, Lord, that your word is, is so amazing. It's so, it's so unique, Lord. You say in your word that it's not going to return unto you void, but it will accomplish what it is set forth to do, Lord. And so that is our desire today, Lord, that it would accomplish what it needs to accomplish um, in our hearts, in our inner being, Lord, in our minds, if our thought processes are, are wrong or if they've been sidetracked somewhere along the line, Lord, help us to refocus on you. Help us to get back to that place, Lord, where we're receiving from you. And as we receive from you, Lord, that we're obedient to, to act upon what you're saying to us and how you're leading us. And so that is the desire, Lord. And so, um, Lord, less of me, more of you. Um, Yes, myself, we lift this time up before your throne, praying for your blessing upon it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so as I said, we're going through this series on missions and being mission-minded in a sense. And, you know, as I tried to say before, for us to be mission-minded and going out and doing a mission, we, we want to hope that the Lord's done a mission on us. Um, he's done his work on us. He's done his surgery on us, that we're in the right place. And so trying to keep the message within the context of what Pastor Robert initially presented with us and what Pastor E over the last couple of weeks has been talking about, um, how 
displaying the glory of God. I don't know if anyone wrote this down last week. Um, both individually and corporately, as the church serve and protect the body, why spreading the lordship of Christ broadly and deeply, broadly and deeply. And so, if we can have that as kind of like a box, we kind of like fit things into. But within this box, you know, what I'm, I try to just present a simple theme. A simple theme of, you know, just looking at how, how Jesus, I believe he always comes to us. He always encourages us to come to him and to seek him so that he can unfold his plan and his purpose for our lives. But it isn't just for us to say, yeah, well, I know what God's plan and purpose for my life is. It's for now us to act upon it. It's for us to do something about it. So in turn, the result is that we would be going, we would be doing stuff for the Lord, things which he specifically called us to do. And so when I start using phrases like us going, it doesn't necessarily mean you're physically going somewhere. It's really, how's your walk? How's your going? How's, how's your coming to the Lord? I mean, can you, can you bear with me with that kind of like language today? I'll come in so that we will go. doesn't necessarily mean you're physically going to go somewhere. It may mean that. But, you know, what is that? How is that looking? So hopefully this will be a theme which I'd like to sort of like touch upon. And, you know, hopefully we'll see some examples running through what we're going to look at today. And um, it's very simple, Matthew 28. So... You know, if you would like to turn to Matthew 28, that would be the main body of text we're going to look at today. And we know that from when Jesus spoke these famous words in Matthew 28, we know that the mission has not changed. Amen? You know, we can't add to it. We can't take away from it. It has not changed. We have to work within it. And so, reading from the New King James Version, version, Matthew 28, chapter 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus gave us or gives us the outline of the mission, which as we look at it, we see that it clearly indicates a number of things. It indicates that Jesus is in a position of power and authority. Because you have to be in a position of, of power and authority to make a statement like this. All authority has been given to me. Well, how are you going to back that up? Well, I rose from the dead, innit? it? It's, it's a big statement. We see the command and the directive given to his followers to be active, to go. To go not in their own strength, but in the strength and the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see who they are to reach, which is all nations. We see what they're to share, which is everything that Jesus had shown them, which, or what Jesus had taught them. Amen? And this mandate was given with the full assurance that the great I am, Jesus, with, be with them always, every step of the way until the end of the age. You see, I like that bit where it says, and lo, I am with you I like that see we can read that and miss that but I like that so we see the Lord's intention for the gospel to go forward and to spread broadly into the world and deeply into the lives of the believers his disciples who he would he encourages he encourages to observe all things and to do all things that he's going to show them you see, when we come to the Lord, he, he, he shows us stuff, but he does, it's not just, just one fix. It's not just one hit. 
If you're in a relationship with the Lord, it's a relationship. It's a continual thing. I come to the Lord, he shows me things. He tells me things. I come to the Lord, he tells me things. He shows me things. I come to the Lord, you see? Sometimes as believers, we think it's this one-hit thing. We come to the Lord. Yeah, I was saved like five years ago on a Tuesday, and I gave my life to the Lord, and we don't even have a relationship with the Lord, and it's not meant to be like that. We're meant to have this ongoing thing of coming to the Lord, and as we come to the Lord, he tells us, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to go. Amen? So the aim and the goal... And, you know, has not changed. And the fact of the matter is, he sent these disciples out. And us being here in this nice hall is testimony that they were obedient to that. They took what Jesus said and said, you know what, amen, I'm going to walk with that. And I'm not just going to walk with that one thing you're saying to me. I'm going to be in constant relationship with you, and I'm going to be moving with you, Lord. And so we're, here, we're testimony of that. And that's wonderful. And so that says to me, back then, it needed people to be obedient. It needed people to be seeking the Lord, coming to the Lord, so that they would go. He gave them instruction. And so as that pattern was continued, we're here today because of that pattern. And so has it changed for us? It's the same thing, isn't it? The same thing is is for us now. The Lord comes to us and he wants us to continue in that same vein. But um, Before the Lord actually said this, um, and he made this declaration, even before he said this in verse 18, um, he was actually preparing the hearts um, of, these, of his followers before this. So if you back up into the chapter, let's go from, you know, even just looking at the beginning of the chapter, and it kind of like, well, just start outpanning this a little bit, sort of like walking and tracking through this a little bit. We see that before Jesus actually made this statement in verse 18, we go back to the beginning of the chapter, and we see that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were going to the tomb early Sunday morning after the crucifixion. So they were going to the tomb, and they were going for a reason. They were going to tend to the Lord. They were going to minister to the Lord. You see, God was preparing their heart. The Lord was preparing their hearts. They were going to serve the Lord. And isn't that a quality of an aspect of us as being Christians, that we should be servants? If you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to be servant among all. So they were going to serve the Lord. They are going to tend to what they thought was a, a dead body. But instead of seeing a dead body, they encountered something completely different. They encountered an angel, which the text says, whose countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. So scary business. They're going there with this one intention to tend to a dead body because they think Jesus is dead. And then they see this angel and he's like, he's like, and so obviously they were afraid. And the angel starts having this conversation with them, and he says, you know, the tomb's empty. So if you can put yourself in their position, you know, they've just gone through one of the, one of the most horrible situations in their life, seeing their Lord and Savior being crucified, feeling lost. And now they've come to the tomb thinking, oh, I want to serve the Lord. I want to still serve him and everything. And now they encounter this angel. They encounter this angel, and he tells them, The tomb's empty. And that Christ was not there. He had risen. And furthermore, he was going to Galilee. It's amazing. And we see that, you know, as I read that, I just see that as an interesting scenario. Because there's many times in our lives when we come and we want to serve the Lord. And we come in so many ways expecting one thing and then the Lord, in a sense, just flips the script and shows us something completely different, what we weren't expecting. 
I've come to serve you this way, Lord, or I want to serve you this way, Lord. And he says, no, I don't want you to serve me that way. I want you to serve me this way. You know, and the Lord's good at doing that because the Lord's good at just shaking us out of our comfort zones. You know, I'm, I'm happy to serve you this way, Lord, because it suits me. But that way doesn't suit me. And so it's an interesting thing just to look at. And this is exactly what happened here. You know, the angel answered, verse 5, the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. You see, the angel was not denying the fact that Jesus was crucified, but there's a bigger picture. And he said, he's not here for he's risen. And he said, come, come, you know, come see the place where the, the Lord lay. And so, you know, using our imaginations, I believe that she kind of like took a peek into the tomb and was like, boy, he's not there. <laughs> he's not there. And the angel says to them in verse 7, and go quickly. And tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So there's very, very specific instructions going on. There's very, very specific things being said here, being communicated. Would you agree? You know, he's saying, go. You know, he's saying, the Lord's going before you, you know, and listen to what I've said to you. You know, and that's kind of like encapsulating what I'm trying to communicate. It's like we come seeking the Lord, and then when we encounter the Lord, he generally gives us something to do. Maybe it's go and do this. Maybe it's wait upon me. Maybe it's keep praying. Maybe it's you need to deny yourself. Maybe it's you need to humble yourself. He gives us instruction. He gives us things to do. And he says, you know what I just told you to do? Go and do it quickly. But for these guys now, you know, very, very, he's given them instruction. You know, and so we have this thing being at played in my mind anyway. It's them coming to the Lord, seeking the Lord, expecting one thing. And then we have this encouragement, you know, He's risen. Be encouraged. You know, whatever you're going through, do you know what? The Lord is in it with you. And then we have this instruction. Okay, whatever you're going through, the Lord is in it it with you. Now go. Go and do this thing I'm telling you to do. Take a step of faith. And for these guys, it was go and tell the disciples the good news. Go and tell the disciples the good news that he is risen. And furthermore... He's going before you to Galilee. Why is he going before them to Galilee? You see, the women didn't hesitate to respond to the command of the angel. So they went out quickly from the tomb, verse 8. You see, I like this. I like what I'm looking from these women now. Guys, you listening? (laughs) Ooh, ooh, I'm going inside. Yeah. The women didn't hesitate. They responded to the command of the angel. They went out quickly from the tomb. And again, you see, the tomb, for them as they were journeying there, before they met this angel, what did the tomb represent? It represents something of misery, of sadness, of death. And now, this thing which represented misery, sadness, death, which they was like, oh, and maybe we're in a place now of misery, sadness, of death. Well, the Lord just totally transformed that, didn't he? Now that place of misery, sadness, and death has become a place of great joy. And I love that. Because that's what the Lord does. He's able to do that in our lives. He's able to turn a situation around which looks so bleak, it looks so horrible. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know why I did this. I don't know what's going on in my world. The Lord says, you know what? It's okay because I'm able to turn that around. I'm able to bring joy into that situation. I love what the psalmist says. He says, although weeping may endure for a
But joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Joy comes in the morning. So they went out quickly with fear and great joy. Not just joy, great joy. And ran. See, they weren't on this, this like, you know, gangster limp type of thing. You know, little. they ran to bring his disciples' word. See, you see these pictures now? They've received, they've come to the Lord. They received the instruction. Now they're, they're taking it on board. They're taking steps of, and now they're running with it. Is, are you running with what the Lord has shared with you? How the Lord is directing you? How he's leading you? Are you actually running with that? Just a question. You see, generally, um, we don't have the same attitude as these women, do we? We don't run with these things. We can't like procrastinate. You know, we can't like sit on the instruction of the Lord. I know the Lord is telling me to do this thing, but you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it when I feel like I'm in this place where I can do it. I feel like when I'm a little bit more holy, I'll do it. You're never going to get more holy. Christ is your holiness. You know, if you're waiting for that day where you're going to be at that place so that you can do whatever you feel like you're going to, it's never going to come. You know, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to do what you need to do for the Lord. Today. We, we, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And so these women, they were on mission. And as they went to tell the disciples, I love this. Behold, Jesus met them. Now, that's wonderful. They were being obedient to the instruction and command of the angel. And Jesus met them. And so what I want us to notice in there, if you have your Bibles open, by the way, and you're just looking at the text. You see, they were not at... They weren't, weren't with the disciples just yet, were they? The angel said, go and tell the disciples. And that Jesus is going to Galilee. Well, they weren't with the disciples, and they weren't in Galilee, but Jesus met them. You see, what that kind of like shows me is that the Lord gives us instructions. He says, I want you to do such and such. And along the way, he meets us. He reassures us that I'm with you. Look, I'm here. He said... I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. And so that's, that, that's what that says to me there. And so maybe the Lord has told you something specific and you're like, Lord, are, you, are we still? And I believe he's still there meeting with you. He's still there ready to meet with you. You see, we have to be in that place where we're seeking him. We're coming to him. We're in tune with him because he always wants to give us instructions. He always wants to say, you know, this is what I have for you. This is what I want you to do. It could be a big thing or it could be a small thing. It's still something. Sometimes it's simply the general will for your life. Maybe it's just a first Thessalonians 4, you know what I mean? Just set yourself apart, live a life of sanctification. That's what I have for you right now. Nothing more specific, just do that thing there. It could be that. But even along the way, he is still there to meet with us, to reassure us. So Jesus met with them and he says, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. You see, they worshipped him. Lovely word in the Greek, proskuneo. Proskuneo to mean they, you know, you can get a picture. I don't know exactly what they did, but proskuneo means that they, they kissed him, that they, they were licking, kissing him and, and licking him like a dog would lick its master's hand. Yeah, it was sort of like they were there so in awe that they, it even means that you could lay prostrate before them or, or just adoring and worshiping. And you can get it. I'm like, I'm feeling you. 
Like, Lord, I'll hit the deck. Lord Jesus, you've risen. You're alive. Love it. They worshipped him. You see, worship isn't just something we come and do on a Sunday morning when we sing two songs. It's our life. It's our life to say that, you know, our attitude towards the Lord is like, Lord, I, I just want to kiss your hands like, a, like I'm a lap dog. Because you're God. I worship you. Yeah, how much worshipping is going on in your life? In my life? You know, we're meant to serve the Lord with our lives, amen? Is, that, is our lives reflective of a worship, being worshipful? And so, I love it because Jesus says to them, do not be afraid, and we have this go again. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. See, we see it continues to build, isn't it, this picture? They were seeking Jesus. The angel gave them instruction. Jesus meets with them and reaffirms the instructions and says, go. So the women and the disciples, so the women went and told the disciples exactly what they've just experienced, exactly what they've just encountered. And we drop down to verse 16, if you still have your Bibles open in Matthew 28. Then it says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. So the disciples are being obedient. The disciples have been given an instruction through the women, and now they're being obedient. And it's lovely. And it says that he's getting into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And sorry, just digressing. How do they know which mountain is which mountain? It's like, I'm getting this to Galilee. You know that mountain? Yeah, you know when you go down, sort of like down there, and then you buck a left, and you see two mountains? Yeah, that mountain. How did they know the mountain? I don't know, but they knew the mountain. They knew the mountain. Um, and so he says to them, you know, go to where I've appointed you to go. So they were obedient. You see, this whole obedience, seeking the Lord, following instruction. And when they saw him now, they worshipped him. See, we have this word again, proskaneo. They worshipped him. Just as the women worshipped him, they worshipped him. They were giving glory to God, individually and corporately. And worship, you know, we know that Jesus is looking for those who would be obedient. But the Father, what is the Father? The Father seeks those who would worship him and in spirit and in truth. So our worship unto the Father is good. Worship in spirit and in truth, without hypocrisy. But Jesus is looking for something different. He's looking for obedience. I've called you as my disciple. I've called you as my, my child. I'm asking you to do this. Are you being obedient? And so, they're having a great time here. They're on this mountain. They're worshipping the Lord and everything. And then it says, verse 28, 17, and sometimes if you're breaking up a chapter, you can sort of like call it A, B, C, depending on how big the chapter is. So the B part, which I've called it here in verse 17B, is, but some doubted. Did we see that? But some doubted. I'm reading that thinking, wait there, you've just got Jesus risen from the dead. You know, <laughs> it's like, how could you doubt that? You know, how can you doubt what Jesus is saying, what he's communicating. They're watching people falling down you know, before him and worshipping him, kissing him and everything. And it says, and some doubted. And I just find that interested. interesting. Some were, were not quite sure what was going on. And we read that and think, how can they not be so sure? 
You know, if we was the children of Israel, we would have sinned that way. If we was Adam in the garden, we would have told Eve, Eve. See, guys, I backed it for us there, didn't I? Eve. You've got to do it like that. Eve. With the finger. So, you know, some were not quite sure. And as I said, I find that understandable. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but I find it understandable because, you know, it must have been a lot to take in. It must have been a lot to take in. Imagine thinking, dude, you were dead. I saw you on the cross. You were dead. And now you're alive? Is that really you? Were you really dead? You know, things going around in the head thinking, you know. I know Jesus, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus is God, but is he really God? I mean, can he be God with another God? Because I kind of like, you know, the things Jesus asked me to do and what his words is, I'm not really sure. So we can have those little battles in our head, can't we? It's like, we're not really sure. No, we don't have to doubt. Jesus is God. He has risen and he is risen indeed. And so... They doubted, and I said it's quite understandable because we doubt as well, don't we? We, we, <laughs> we doubt the Lord, you know. They could have been thinking, what, you want us to go on this crazy mission, leaving everything behind, denying myself, leaving my family to go and spread some message which you're, it's understandable. You know, sometimes that's how we are. It's like the Lord answers us to do something and we doubt him and we, we drag our heels and, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's not what we want to do. You know, we, we make choices in our lives and it's not necessarily because we're obeying the instruction of the Lord. It's because this is what I want to do. I doubt you, Lord. It's like I want to believe you, but I doubt you. And this is what I'm going to do. Because I have power over that, what I'm doing. And so they doubted, and we doubt too. And they weren't necessarily open to obeying the instruction given to the Lord. And you see, it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them. Some doubted. But Jesus came and he spoke to them. Again, I love that. Because even in our times of doubt, the Lord is willing and prepared to come and speak to us. And I believe in this situation here, if we're kind of like tracking along, I believe he, he, what he's about to say now, he specifically spoke to the doubters. And I've never really read it like that before, but he specifically spoke to the doubters to reassure them, to encourage them, to empower them to do what he expected and what he desired for them to do. And so, as I read this now, he basically said to him, if you're doubting my ability, if you're doubting that I'm God, hear what? All authority has been given to me, not me, to me in heaven and earth. You see, I'm looking and thinking, well, they're worshipping and everything, so why would he need to say that to the people who are worshipping him? He wouldn't need to say that, would he? But some doubted. So now he's reaffirming and saying, if you're doubting me, know this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And that is the God in whom we serve. Has all authority. You see, that's, that's big talk, isn't it? All authority. The word used in the Greek is exousia, meaning all control, all delegated influence, all jurisdiction, all liberty, all power, all rights, all strength. Hear what has been given to me. So when we hear that, 
We need to know that whatever the Lord has called you to do, whatever plan he has for your life, he's got authority over it. He's got authority to complete it. But he has the authority. What we need to do is we need to now work with Jesus. Because he has the authority, but if we don't want to take those steps of faith, if we don't want to come to him and seek him and follow his instruction and go, well, Jesus still got authority. He's still got all authority. It's just that you're not fulfilling and completing what he has called you to do and wants you to do. Do you get it? He has all authority. All authority. Okay, well, where's... You've got all authority. You're okay, where, where? In the heaven. See, you like these Greek words, oranos. And that means the first heaven. You know, there's three heavens. The first heaven, that's where the Godhead resides. That's kind of like what I, I like to say encompasses eternity, but you can't encompass eternity, can you? Because you just can't. So, but, but for our finite minds now, we've got to say it encompasses eternity because otherwise we just can't comprehend it. It's like, it's too big. So, in heaven, where God resides, you know, and we get a picture of that heaven because, you know, when we look into the, into the stars, into the space, it's without end, isn't it? It's without depth and height and width and everything. And so when you think of eternity, you say that's kind of like a bit reflective of eternity where God is because it's without height and depth and da 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 I'm not scientific like that. Sorry. <laughs> so he has all authority in heaven. And that's good to know, isn't it? But is it just in heaven? Is it just where God resides? Well, he has all authority in the, in the solar heavens. And this is a nice word because in, according to Ephesians 6, it's ep, ep, ep uranios. You see, Ephesians 6 took, uh, talks about how you know, he has all authority of where the principalities and the powers, where they do their thing. You see, he has all authority. That, 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 that space there, not a problem for Jesus. He's got all authority there. So if we've got sort of like spiritual warfare going on and we've got, which is very, very real, um, not necessarily with the binding and the loosening, I'll bind you, Satan, not necessarily like that, but we've got real issues. We've got spiritual things going on in our lives. You know what I mean? Jesus has all authority. Commit it unto the, into the Lord's hands, unto the Lord. Pray, pray without ceasing. Do you know what I mean? And be confident to know that the Lord's with you always, even to the end of the earth. The great I am's there, and he will get you through this. The solar heavens, not a problem for Jesus. What about the firmament there? You know, the sky we see. All authority there? Yeah, he's got all authority there too. You know, we, we look through the sky, the firmament, and we see, you know, the sun and the stars and the clouds and everything, and it's all lovely. And we think of glorious, lovely days like today. And we see where, you know, flying things, they just defy gravity and everything. And you're like, cool, well, you've got authority there. Well, Jesus demonstrated he had all authority there too, didn't he? He was taken up, Acts 1-9, in a cloud. Doesn't bother him. He's got all authority there too. So when we think of it, there's nothing which faces Jesus. In the heavens or the heaven, he's got all authority. But he says on earth too. I've got all authority on earth. So he has all authority over the planet. And what does it talk about in Romans? It talks about the planet is just is, is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. It's like he's got, he's got control over the planet, just wanting to... Do you like that? <laughs> no, I don't know why I was doing it. <laughs> um, sorry, forgive me. You see, over the planet, but it's not just the literal planet because he has all authority over the planet. But when we're talking about the planet, we're talking about he's got all authority over the people on the planet. 
the people he came to die for. See, so whether we can accept it or not, whether you're in Christ or not in Christ, Jesus has all authority over you. All authority over our lives. And knowing that he has all authority over our lives, you know, I just want to take this forward a little bit further. He has a specific plan and purpose for our lives. That's what we believe as Christians, amen? Ephesians chapter 2, you know, it uses a very lovely word. And it says, once we're in Christ, it says that we are his poema. Which literally means he's he's unique, individual, special poem. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved, we all know it, through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his poema, his workmanship, his poem, created. See, you were created for a special purpose. In Christ Jesus, for what? For bad works. Just to kind of like drag your heels and doubt the Lord. No, for good works. You're created for something good. Which God prepared beforehand. God's prepared something for you and I beforehand, which is a good work. But then he goes on and says that you should now walk. You should now go. You should now be active in what I've called you to do. You're my special poem. Do you see, he wants us to walk. This is our mission. Our personal mission. The personal thing the Lord has said to you and he said to me. What does he want you to do? You see, let's not get it twisted. It doesn't have to be a great thing. It doesn't have to be, yeah, I'm just going to go and win Russia for the Lord. I'm just going to go and make peace in the Middle East or whatever it is. It could be, do you know what? You know that job you're in? Be a light. Be salt. Be preservative. You see that neighbor you've got? Share the gospel with them. You see that as children you have? Raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You see that anger problem you have? Give it to me. You see, it doesn't have to be a big thing. We always want these big things. The Lord is very into these small things, these small things which beat us up every day. You see, we have been called by name. We have been called with a purpose. We have been called for good works prepared beforehand in Christ Jesus. And the scriptures tells us that Christ is faithful to complete what he has started in us. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord will take care of his end. And he will get us there. We have to be willing to work with him. We have to be willing to be active. We have to be willing to go. And so, thinking back to our portion in Matthew 28, the women and disciples, they followed the step-by-step instruction and met with Jesus at that specific mountain in Galilee. Some worshipped and some doubted, but Jesus reassured. He reassured them all, and he says, go. He says, go. You see, we have this idea, again, of us coming so that we can go. Go, therefore, and fulfill the mission. You know, and just, um, just to maybe get your thoughts going back and forth in the old to the new. You see, he came to Abraham, and he said to Abraham, go. 
this is what I have for you, go. Actually, he was a bit more raw with Abraham. He said, get out. Get out of your country and go. So he's a bit more raw. He came to Moses and he said to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He came to Gideon and said, Gideon, go in this might of yours. And we like Gideon, innit? Because we can relate with him. He's like, and Gideon's like, what, me? Me? And he's like, yes, you. Go in this might of yours. And he's like, I'm the least of 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 the least. I can't go. He goes, no, you go. You see, so there's no excuses for any of us. You see, what's that saying we used to say back in the day? You and Jesus is the majority. If Jesus is with you, if the I am is with you, you can do whatever he's called you to do. He says to Naaman, and again, a different channel in a sense, through a servant girl, you know, he says, if you want to get healed, Naaman, you need to go and talk to my prophet. Go and talk to my prophet and he'll tell you what to do. He said to Nehemiah and Ezra, what, go, go and rebuild the walls, go and rebuild the temple. I'm sure as I'm saying these things, you're kind of like thinking of other people he said go to. He said to Jonah, go to those wicked people. Go to those wicked people, they're Gentiles in in Nineveh, and tell them I'm going to mash up the place. And Jonah didn't want to go, did he? I think the one I like, though, is when he says um, to Isaiah. I like Isaiah. Um, In the the day that Uzziah Uzziah died, I was was in in the throne. How's it go? And I saw, and I saw the, the Lord on his throne and his train filled the temple. Boom. And higher lifted up. Yes. And, um, and, and it's like the Godhead again. Hmm. Who should we send? Who would go for us? Isaiah. Uh, who should we? And I, I'll go send me. You know, it's, it's a lovely play. I like it anyway. It was the obvious, wasn't it? Who's going to go? Are you going to go? You see, we have this, this picture in the, scripture, in the scriptures of coming to the Lord, seeking to the Lord, and he says, now go. And as I say go, I keep saying, I want to just reiterate, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to physically go somewhere. It may mean that. It means, what am I telling you to do? Are you doing what I've asked you to do? Are you being active? Are you fulfilling your purpose? That's what I'm actually trying to communicate. And now we see in our portion, he says, he says to the disciples and he says to us, go and bring this message to all nations, to all peoples, to, to all backgrounds and make disciples, make disciplined ones. That's what the word disciple means. It means a disciplined one. A one who would discipline themselves in the ways of the Lord, the one who discipline themselves in prayer, discipline themselves in studying God's word, discipline themselves in communicating and sharing the wonderful news, the good news which has been deposited within their hearts and minds. Make disciples, make disciplined ones of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And again, I love it. And he says, and lo, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And see, and as we kind of like just scan through the book of Acts, we see that, you know, the message which the Lord gave them on that day, the, the, the directive, you know, we see it being spread broadly. We see it spread deeply. We have examples where some moved into mission willingly. You know, as we think about uh, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas and, and their missionary journeys. It was like, 
Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't start, you know, the churches I've set up, I don't go and revisit and send letters and, you know, woe is me. I'm just, I just want to, I just need to do this thing. It's what I've been called to do. Some moved because of persecution. Some would kind of like just set their roots and everything and they weren't going anywhere. I'm happy here. So the Lord says, okay, I've got a mission for you. I need to come send some persecution in your life to get you moving. And we see that in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 11. Some, they go in, they found it, it was it reflected in the way they, they, um, they were put in positions of responsibility. You know, we think of Timothy being planted and, and, and being a position of responsibility leading the church there. You know, some were faithful in opening their homes like Priscilla and Aquila. Some started off serving tables, but ended up being great missionaries. And so we can start getting pictures as we go through the New Testament. And they did this because they were obedient to the Lord. And they were doing what he had called them to do. So, we come to Jesus to find initially salvation. But once we have salvation, we continue to come to Jesus to seek instruction for our lives so that we can be active for him, so that we can go and do what he has called us to do. And so, you know, there's been a lot of thoughts, but maybe a few more thoughts as we kind of like, Start rounding this up. Um, has Jesus come to you? You know, that's, that's one question. Are, are you a disciple of Christ and are you in relationship with him? Um, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, then um, my encouragement would be to seek the Lord while he may be found. Is to speak to someone who would share with you um, the gospel. And we have a care team. We have three pastors here who would happily do that. We have elders here, or even the person next to you. I'm sure they should be able to just communicate the good news of the gospel. So are you, are you a disciple of Christ? Has, you know, and if you are, has the gospel been spread in your life? Have you allowed it to be spread in your life deeply? And when I say deeply, I don't necessarily mean that have you got knowledge? Have you got knowledge of the Bible? Because a relationship with Christ is more than just knowing the word. You know, we can be maybe a little bit guilty of that here at South London where we, because we chop it up, we're like, oh, we know the word. Yeah, but we need to know the God of the word. You know, we need to know the heart and the spirit of the word. You know, and um, so is, 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 is Christ, is his life, is his spirit, is his word, is, is that just being penetrated within your life deeply? Because, you know, if Christ is in our lives, you know, and it's not unreasonable. Jesus has an expectation of us. He has. He has an expectation and so, question, how are we building on the foundation of Christ? How are we building on that? You know, are we pressing in and building, you know, with gold, silver, precious stones? You know, we know as we look at those, those, those materials that... Um, as they go through fire, you know, gold loses the dross, doesn't it? It gets more pure. Or are we building with, you know, is our life more reflected of wood, hay, stubble, according to First Corinthians? As that goes through the fire, 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, as it goes on to say in Corinthians, that it's, it's a matter of your salvation. It's a matter of how are you building? What does your life look like? What does my life look like? How are we building? You see, Jesus wants us to build our lives with solid stuff which will bring glory to his name. You know, as we looked at our first portions in the, you know, displaying the glory of God through our lives. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And, you know, the amazing thing about about the Lord is that as we consistently come to him, his plan is continually unfolding as we walk with him. You know, when he, when he spoke to, to Abraham and says, get out, go, you know, Abraham didn't necessarily know where he was going. But as he walked and he was obedient, step by step, the Lord sort of like revealed a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And he got himself in situations. He was like, okay, don't do that, do this. And that's how the Lord works with us. He kind of like gives us, do this, but it's not the full picture. We need to keep walking with him, keep seeking him to get the full picture. And so the plan is continually unfolding. And, you know, for, for some of us here, the Lord maybe many, 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 many years ago says, I want you to do this. And we flopped. And we've, we've, we've hit the floor hard. Maybe still sort of like, on all fours, still trying to get up. And you know what the Lord says? I don't condemn you. You know, with me, there's no condemnation. Do you know what? I want you to just, let me help you get up. Let me help you get up so that you would be the person and you will fulfill the calling which I've called you to fulfill. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe that is, I think that's specifically a word for someone here today because that's nothing to do with my notes. Maybe you're in that place where you got burnt hard and the Lord is saying, do you know what? I need you to dust off your feet and let's get going. Let's get moving. I've got mission for you. And so our going, you know, it will be different for different people and it will be different for different reasons, and it will be different in different circumstances. You know? So, you know, perhaps here at Calvary Chapel, South London, we all come to South London, Calvary Chapel, we all go to South London, don't we? It's our coming and our going. You like it? You still with me? All right, cool. So, The Lord has a specific plan and purpose for us here at Calvary Chapel, South London. And so, individually, we know why we're here. Or we should know why we're here. To be used by the Lord. Because we received his instruction and now we have our mission. We have our going. We want to be active. Amen? And so, individually and corporately, we should, you know, the Lord has this specific plan for us. You know, but when I was just thinking about this a bit more, we know, if you don't mind me using you, Pastor Rob, you know, Pastor Robert and more immediately Will and Cal, you know, they've sought the Lord for, for, for the will for their lives. And he's given them clear instruction that they're going, they're being active, is centered in going to Jamaica. That's where it's centered. They've sought the Lord. They've got instruction. They know that that's part of their going. And so we need to know, how does this work for us? What does it look like? I'm not just talking about a physical I need to move thing. It's well, I am. But what is the Lord saying to you? That's the crux of the matter. What is the Lord saying for you in your life right here, right now? The Bible says that we have to work out our own salvation with fear and with trembling. 
And so it's not a light thing. It's not a burdensome thing either. It's a joyful thing to know that you're walking in... What? To, you know, you're walking in the will of the Lord. I know I'm right where I should be with the Lord right now. I'm in the will of the Lord. I could be in the storm, but I'm in the will of the Lord. It's cool. It doesn't matter. Maybe some people don't even care what the will of the Lord is for their life. And that's not the right attitude. It's not the right thing. Fearfully and wonderfully made we are. Fearfully and wonderfully made because you're God's special poema. He has this plan. He has this purpose for you. And you need to know how you need to journey with the Lord. And, and so... Hopefully this has been encouraging to us all today. Challenging, but encouraging, provoking, all those things. And, you know, as a personal testimony, um, I share this because this has been very much my journey, our journey, you know, for, for a while now, just getting refocused on the Lord and saying, Lord, what is it ha- you have me to do? What, what, Lord, what, what is your purpose right now? Because we can quite easily be walking with the Lord for a while and we take things for granted. And it's like, Lord, I need to focus on you. What do you have for me? What do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? And, you know, very much my and our go in is, is more of a physical going. It's going to plant some, a church in East Dulwich. It's going to, to um, serve that community there, to be salt and light, to be a preservative in that community. It's to be used by the Lord to, so that people can be saved, so that lives can be changed. You know, and it's going full circle for some of you who do not know that. It's gained full circle. We, Calvary Chapel South London started in East Dulwich. It started there, um, and the church is returning there. And very much so, um, as I sort of like communicated uh, uh, about a month ago, it's very much being obedient to the Lord. It's very much, you know, being obedient to the Lord and, f- and his will for, for my life and for our life. Uh, I say our, mine, mine and Sarah's and our family. It's surrendering our will and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Because that's what it's about. It's, Lord, this is scary, but I'm willing to surrender my will and take a step of faith and go. Whatever that going looks like. Looks like. And so... My encouragement is, seek the Lord. You know, let's not um, take our salvation for granted. Let's be active as we seek the Lord, as we want to serve him, as we want to follow him. Jesus, as I said, he, he encourages us to come so that we will go. Um, Jesus said, you know, whenever I think about this portion of Scripture, it always makes me think of take six. It's, uh, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody know the take six version? You're missing out. <laughs> take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you would find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light you see Jesus asks us to come he encourages us to come because he wants us to find rest for our souls he wants us to find peace within our soul peace with God but once we've come to that place of knowing we have peace with God he just doesn't say yeah just rest over there just, just, just rest yeah take my yoke and rest 
He's like, no, I need you to go do something now. I need you to go. I need you to do this. This is what I have for you. So, Jesus encourages us to come so that we would be active, that we would go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, um, our desire is that you would do your work in our hearts, Lord, that you would do your work in our minds, that your name will be glorified through us, Lord. Um, Thank you for today's message, Lord. Help us, Lord. Encourage us to seek your face, Lord, to, if we've lost track of what you've called us to do, Lord, that we would go into our prayer closets, Lord Jesus, and we would seek you and we'll get in tune with you. Not necessarily thinking that we're going to get an answer straight away. Maybe we will, Lord, but help us to patiently wait on you, Lord, and look for your leading, look for your direction. Um, Lord, our desire really is to be used by you, Lord, not how we want to be used, but how you want to use us, Lord. So continue to help us to surrender our wills, to surrender our will, Lord, to your will. And help it truly, Lord, to be our prayer that, you know, not my will, but your will be done. So we thank you again for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. To find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.